This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Sharp Tank. No jumper. Mm-hmm. Sharpest, coolest podcast in the world. And today, I got a good brother in the building with me today, man. You know, I got a lot of respect for, you know, and I've watched, you know, in my up and comings throughout the game. You know, activists today really done stepped your game up in a lot of ways. I got gorgeous Dre in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. And we about to get ready to kick this one off, man, you know, because I want the viewers to know who you are, you know, and what you're about, what you stand for, you know. Where where'd you grow up? Like for you, where'd you where'd you grow up at, man? I was born in Seattle and I was raised in LA. Was raised in LA. Yeah, raised in LA. How was that for you? You know, my mom's side of the family was Seattle, my dad's side was side was LA, so I they shipped me back and forth. Yeah. So I took the best out of both locations, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's live right there. Yeah. Yes, sir. When did you become a, a student of the game? Listen, I, my mama was a hoe, my dad was a pimp. I was born out of the lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Funny thing is, is that my father, Mel Taylor, uh-huh. he never really glamorized life to me. He didn't want me to be in that life. He, he wanted me to be like a criminal attorney or something, you know? Yeah. So it was, it, he never said, I want you to be a pimp, you know? So um, it's so funny how whatever you resist persists because ultimately, you know, I became a gentleman of leisure. In yeah. the beginning, you know. Love that. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Mm-hmm. So you even coming into the game, you know, was there any uh, struggles at times that you may have had to overcome through that? Or was it just all glitz and glamour? Well, let me just say, when we did American Pimp, you know, the Hughes brothers um, um, had a daddy that was in the game and they wanted to experience or yeah. have an experience, a breakdown of what the game and the lifestyle was, lifestyle was about. Yeah. So um, they had contacted like Bishop and uh, Rosebud and I yeah. think Shantae, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And through Rosebud, they got in contact with my father. You know, that's how I came into the picture. So we brought them over to the house in Frisco, had a mansion. And so I guess them seeing, you know, what a dude could have in the game yeah. made them want to hire me for the yeah. remainder of the film. Yeah. So they actually hired me as a technical advisor. At the end of the movie, you'll see my credits, Andre Taylor, as a technical advisor. Yeah. So after they hired me, I put the majority of the guys in the film. Kenny Red, RP. I mean, the majority of the rest of the guys, maybe 85% of the people I put into the movie American Pimp. It was smarter the Hughes brothers to hire me because a lot of guys wouldn't have really trusted. But because they had me on board, dudes trusted me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why do you feel that was? They knew who I was in the game, you know, yeah. and, and I had a 
good reputation for being a good dude, so they trusted me. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is, is you know, I think they gave me like fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah. For the technical advisor. What year was this when that this, was? This was ninety six. Okay. The end of ninety six. Yeah. yeah. So fifteen thousand dollars was a nice piece of change back then. Well, to what it's well let me explain to, to you. What they told me is that people don't get, you know, really paid for documentaries uh -huh. because I told them, you know, all the guys that I'm gonna get to get in it, you're gonna have to give them some money, whether they get paid normally right. or not. You gotta yeah. at least give them a thousand dollars. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So all the guys that came in from me, they got a thousand dollars, even though documentaries you don't get paid. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So they gave me that little change and stuff, and I wasn't going to do American Pimp. Uh -huh. But Alan Hughes said something to me, man, that changed my mind. Alan Hughes said, you know, Dre, man, before you decide, no, let me just tell you, man. He said that, you know, everything that, that's done on film goes down in the history. And yeah. I said, goes down in history? That appealed to my <laughs> ego. <laughs> mind you, it's 96, you right, know? So right. when somebody says that to you, it sounds very foreign for that time frame. Yeah, you know? yeah. I was like, go down in history. Yeah. I said, yeah, man, I think I, I want to go down in history, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what made yeah. me get into American Pimp, you know? Yeah. yeah. It was a great experience, man. And I knew that they were professional filmmakers and I didn't mind being attached to, to the project because they was involved. Yeah. Were you, uh, were you a bit worried when You've, you've seen that it took storm across the nation because, you know, American Pip, you know, especially at that time. And I feel like it's a classic now, if mm -hmm, you, you know, mm -hmm, because it's mm -hmm. some of the early stages of documentation sure. of, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Just even real life. Yeah. You know, how did that make you feel when you seen it start taking storm? Was there any type of problems that came about of mm -hmm. it? Or was it just like, you know, we did this, it's solid. It kind of helped us. You right. know what I'm saying? Right, like. Right. What did right. you feel like you gained out of it after it was all said and done? The truth of the matter is there was no point of reference for anybody that did the film because yeah. there was nothing like it before, right? Right, right. So we just went in not knowing exactly what it was going to materialize, but it mm. ended up being so big, right? It right. changed the terminology and the thought about pimping because then Pimp My Ride came out and, you know, Pimp Your MySpace back in the day. Yeah. And, <laughs> and America embraced the pimping as an upgrade. And we were tripping off of that. Like, damn, we done changed the whole culture, right? Right, right. So uh, consequently, you know, I caught a case in, in during the filming of the, of the American Pimp, and they ended mm. the movie with me. See, I was in uh, Clark County Detention Center. and that's I don't, Las Vegas, Nevada. That's in Las Vegas. And yeah. I don't know how the Hughes brothers got clearance to come in and film, because normally you can't film nobody in jail. But somehow they got some clearance to come in and film me, and they were saying they didn't have an ending to the mo to the movie, but this would be a good ending. So in American Pimp, when you see me in Clark County, is because they got clearance to come in there and film. Funny thing is, you know, because I wasn't really talking when I was in jail. Wow. I wasn't really talking and shit, right? <clears throat> but when the Hughes brothers came in with them cameras, they closed all the dorm the cells down. You know, them niggas was like, who is this nigga, man? He <laughs> <laughs> a rapper, he's something this like... this nigga that the yeah. brothers is coming to film this nigga, man? So, man, it was just... Even the guards was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. So, American Pimp, it went to the Sundance Film Festival. It won. Yeah. And then by Independent the, Films, right? Sundance. Sundance Film Festival. Yeah. And then the next year, they released it. Uh, in some theaters, just a small percentage of the theaters around the country. Yeah. And they was almost blackballed 
because they didn't want to sell the film at Sundown Film Festival. So a lot of the big movie houses, Merrimax and all that, kind of tried to block blackball the Hughes brothers. Wow. So what ended up happening is a, a small company called Seventh Art actually distributed to just maybe a, maybe 10 major metropolitan places around the country. So yeah. it did hit the big screen, Yeah. but it made all this money in video sales. That's where it made the majority of the money. So, you know, when I got out the joint, people was coming up to me, and I was like, hold on, I was kind of leery because I'm just getting out the joint, but people were coming up to me like, man, that's gorgeous, Dre, because I really didn't know how much the film had impacted the society and the culture. Yeah. And people were coming up to me, and I was like, what, what is going on here? So it, it, it made a lot of us famous, man. You yeah. know, it really did. And if you were smart, you was able to bubble off that. Yeah. I wonder know? if... I wonder if the Hughes brothers are still making money off that today. Some no, type of royalty no, somewhere. Because they sold it uh, to, um, who they sell that to? Huh? MGM, that's right. They sold it to MGM. Huh. MGM made all the money. Yeah, they sold American Pimp to MGM. And so it, it is rumored that American Pimp made $100 million in video sales. $100 million and just video sales. But Hughes Brothers didn't get that money. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think if they would have broke you off some money like that, like a substantial amount of money, you possibly would have left the game or you would have stayed in? I left the game while I was in prison. You know, I was already transitioning anyway, right? People ask me this all the time, man, why are you, what happened, man? Was you scared because you had went to jail and this, that? And I said, no, man. When I got out, I had reached the pinnacle of the game. And I explain this all the time, Sharp. I said, listen, man, the pimping is not the game. It is a small part of the game. The game is much bigger than pimping. I might not be pimping over 20 years, but I've never left the game. I utilize the game in every area in my life, right? Right. Right. And later on, we could talk about how I utilized it yeah. to lead this whole country in police accountability and submitted a whole state because of the game. See, a lot of youngsters out there think that, man, the pimping, you know, that's that's what the game consists of. It's not true. It's a small part of it. But you can utilize the game in every area of life. Even when I was in the game and some of the bras that were with me, you know, I used to tell them, when I give you this information, I can't take it back. And it's not to make you a better hoe. It's to make you be able to flourish in whatever life you chose you choose to uh, use this game in. Yeah. And that's what the game is. It's just broadening, taking the information. When people think about the game, they think about it's some deceit or trickery. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. But the game is the ultimate truth. Yeah. For instance, if I meet a girl... I'm going to tell her right from the gate. You might not want to mess with me because, you know, I'm not no square and I don't do everything according to the law. So right from the gate, I'm giving her an opportunity to decide whether she want to go forward because I don't want down the line she find out what I'm involved in and think that I'm a liar. I want to establish from the beginning that I'm such a man that I'm not going to lie to you and I'm giving you a chance to decide whether you want to fuck with me or not. by That's telling honest me. Pippen. That's just the <clears throat> game. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just a game. Yeah. But people always think the game is trickery and deceit. That's never been the game. And mm. if you think you in the game and you are tricking broads and deceiving broads, then you make you like a square. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because the first thing about manhood is honesty and truth. I'm so big and confident enough in who I am as a man, I can tell her up front, this is what it's about. Choose wisely. Yeah. Because I'm not no fucking joke. Yeah. Right? Facts. And and what I've learned, Sharp, a broad be more interested in you then. They'd be like, what you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Because you know what, at the end of the day, I, I don't, me personally, I don't want to have to remember the lie. Yeah. That just as a man, That's you know, just That's as a man, I don't want to have to remember the lie I told anybody, yeah. woman or man, mm -hmm. you know, I like to be able to be firm and be me. I want to wake up and honestly be me, not having to look over my shoulder that I lied to this person. I robbed this person. Mm -hmm. I took from this person. No, man, anything that when I was in the game, anything that I touched, it was given to me. I never took mm. anything. I never had to snatch a bitch purse and go in it and reach the money out and throw her purse to the ground and shove her to the ground. Like, that's not it man that's mm. shit that I try to tell them that they see on television man because yeah. this is the thing that they portray to society to keep them away from it or look at it bad when you run into people like that people don't understand they've been walking amongst pimps and hoes forever mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. you just don't see it because like I said man we were ninjas man you didn't really see us we were able to wear sheep's clothing you know, being the werewolves that we were, you know, mm -hmm, amongst mm -hmm. the rest of the sheep, you know, yeah. because it was a quiet move. Now, everybody, man, out spazzing, you want to record yourself taking money from a chick or out there beating motherfuckers up or riding up and down the blade, man, you you setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. For real, man. Yeah. And I feel you when you talk about, you know, this is a small portion of the game like man you have to elevate at some point because i feel like even a chick that messes with you she's gonna see that yeah you know what i'm saying like what's next mm -hmm, we've mm -hmm. been doing this for the last up 10 years or seven years six months a chick just a, a real one i i feel wants to make progress yeah. you know what i'm saying and you got to be a man that that's willing to pursue that yourself but a dude can't transmit what he don't got yeah if all you have is a ghetto mentality, right? If you haven't uh, read or learned anything outside of the ghetto, all you yeah. can do is transmit to the to the broad that's with you yeah. that mentality. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Right, you can't right. transmit what you don't have. Yeah. So it's incumbent upon, see, in the game in my father's time, it was like Renaissance men, well-read, you know what I'm saying? Right. Those men back then were educated, self-educated. Yeah. You know, they had some class. Now they don't know nothing about that. I was fortunate to have my father to let me know I said an American pimp. And I think that this is something that struck a chord with a lot of people because after I got out, there was a lot of people and not necessarily pimps, just, you know, squares or average dude to have jobs or gang members, even some dope boys or whatever that used to say to me, man, when you said that shit in American pimp about being a man before you anything, being a man first, that did something for me, man. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because they seen me up underneath pressure, facing a life sentence, saying, that was a real story, you know what I'm saying? That if you think that bringing me to jail is about to strip me from being the man that I am, then you're badly mistaken, because I'm going to stay that, right? 
So being able to say that my father taught me before you were a doctor, before you were a lawyer, before you were a pimp, you got to be a man first. Oh, anything. But if you don't know what a man is, if you haven't had no examples of manhood, right? If you were raised in a home without a daddy, right? And somebody expects you to be a man. You know, the other day I said on my my Instagram, I said, you know what? A lot of you youngsters out there, I realize that you ain't afraid of dying, right? You willing to give your life or somebody disrespect you, step on your little tennis shoe or whatever. You ain't afraid of dying. But what you are afraid of is living. You know why you're afraid of living? Because you got to be a man one day and you don't know what that is, mm. right? You got to be accountable to something. When they telling you being a man means you got to take care of a family, yeah. right? You got to be the man in the household and he's trying to figure out what the hell is that? I ain't never known nothing about my daddy taking care of me, right? I don't know what no security means. So in itself, he's feeling deficient. Be a man. These niggas out here, these youngsters, they scared of living, man. Yeah. Right? Right. Well, yeah. I feel like, you know, to live, I wouldn't mind having to go through things in my life because I feel like as a man, it polishes your armor. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it builds, it builds your armor. It builds character to you whether it's in your eyes or your voice you know that's why when people you talk to somebody people be like man i i see you i can just tell you've been through something Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying because it's just a it's a way that it it puts the armor on you you know what i'm saying that you walk around i would never have wanted being broke i didn't want to be but being sheltered i never wanted to be that neither because Mm -hmm. i know that doesn't build men either you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. being sheltered not seeing nothing and kids sitting there and watching what they see on tv motherfuckers with a bunch of guns motherfuckers outside playing cops and robbers with each other cap guns shooting at each other mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. they see that man instead of going out into the real world man and just really living you have to think about it man social media i came in the game where there was none of that right like the social media man a bitch call you from the pay phone or from the room phone You know, now everybody's got phones. It's all this technology, man. It's just, it's really changed the the core of how people live. You had to go outside and make your life. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. you don't have to do that no more. You can sit there and at a click of a button, show anybody and everything else can be fucked up around you, but you're going to look like you got a bunch of money and you got some lights right there and it looks like glitz and glamour. You can fake it today. Yeah, That's why you got a lot of people doing that. Even on social media, a lot of people are just faking, man. Clout chasing. Well, let me unpack what you said about going through something should be a character. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But there's another side of that. Yeah. Going through something have made a lot of us bitter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because they haven't taught, they haven't been taught how to take in experiences and build upon those experiences. Right. They haven't been taught that. But, li- but living bitter, that's not a life worth a damned. Well, I, I wouldn't want to live as just as a man. Like I, I feel like, and I feel like every man should look at themselves like this, or even woman. Like yo, you got more worth to your life than that. Mm-hmm. You you owe it to yourself. Yeah, I don't give a fuck what you do for anybody else, I, nobody else, but for you, you owe that to you. Yes, sir. Before you can try it for anybody else, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. Fuck that. I'm not going to sit there and fall to say I'm bitter. Because <clears throat> I even said that, like, about not having parents. And, you know, uh, I, I did an interview and he asked me, like, man, are you cool with your parents? No, I don't fuck with them, but I don't got nothing bad to say about them. Exactly. I understand life. When you kind of get older, you might see, okay, I see why this move might have 
happened the way it did because I'm older now and I've experienced. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Experience is everything, man. And I feel like people, people rob themselves of it. Like of experience, you want to take a detour. No, sometimes it's it's good running that shit head on. It's but gonna make who, you stronger. Who did you have around? You had to have some solid guys around you in order to have that perspective. Well, being a, being young, being around a lot of older people. See, that's you what know I'm what saying. About. I didn't hang out with kids today. Mm -hmm. People, you know, because you wasn't. I didn't. I, that wasn't who I was gonna learn from. Mm -hmm. They just want to drink forties and sit on the stoop. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And, and maybe smoke a joint or two. I'm trying to see, man. These dudes are getting some bread. Yes, what the hell is going on? Because I'm hurting and I'm not really touching it like that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I got dirty tennis shoes and shirts, so I'm trying to really figure it out how to really get it. Yes, sir. And so I start hanging around the older crowd because them were the people I felt, you know, back then, because today the shit's crazy, but could actually teach me something, mm -hmm. could actually show me to take some traits and I could carry them through my life to survive. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, hopefully to be able to live, yes, if sir. I can make it strong enough, mm -hmm. you know, because surviving and living <clears throat> is two totally different things. Different you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. What's that been like for you, you know, even just going through the game, man, like, do you feel like you survived through it or you just were just, or you were really living? I conquered, man. Everything yeah. that I start into my mindset before I start yeah. is to come and conquer. Yeah. Right? That's right. the kind of mindset I have. America is an empire, like other empires that have existed before. Mm. This is what, I'm, I'm, let me break this down to you because. People ask me, how did I accomplish police accountability? How am I the only one that have passed legislation and policy in this whole country? How did you get President Trump to call you? How did you get the mayor to hire you as the first official street czar? Yeah, I was going to ask you because I'm like, they cut you. And I saw it because it was in the tabloids or whatever. That Man, they cut you a fat ass check. Yeah. You know, and knowing your background, they, background. it said ex-pimp, yeah. you know, becomes streets, street czar. Street you know mm -hmm, what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And cuts them a, with commas. Mm -hmm. I don't want to put your, you know what I'm saying? Show business. People want to go check it out, go read the it's story. You know, it's yeah, out it's there, out you there. know, but you made a nice piece of change, man, from people who, you know, obviously tried to lock you up at one point in time, man. And now they're really listening to your word. Well, and it's not just the money because I don't have way more of, money of, than of that. Of course, it's not that. It's right. that it's from who it's coming from. From who it's coming from. That's what made it priceless. That's right. That's right. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't the the amount per se, but yeah. it was because it was who it was coming from. That's right. Man. That's right. Come on, who's done that? Not, that's what I'm talking about. So, you know, when you break it down, like, listen, man, uh, I had the sheriff, I had the police chief, the governor of Washington, all coming for my advice, you know, for me to counsel them about certain things. Mm. They recognized my genius. Regardless of what I had come through, what I had been through, the fact that I was able to survive that and to be in the position where I could help them benefit them, mm. they were impressed with that because they probably felt like they, they were couldn't. Intrigued. They were They couldn't walk a thousand miles in my moccasins, right? So what you said earlier is something very powerful to me, and I'm going to go back to it about when you go through something that it has the ability to elevate you if you take that information and that knowledge, you can better yourself, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in that because that's what I did. I took that information that's transferable, the game is transferable, which, which means that you can use it anywhere at any time. Yeah. So when I got into the police accountability thing, in the beginning, people were like, you know, this guy's an ex-pimp, what is he doing, this, that, and the other, yeah. and even my family. Was like, what you what you doing? You think you're smarter than white folks and all this kind of stuff. 
But I knew what I had to offer. See, I don't like that. No influence. Yeah. Why not? Like, I don't like that. Like, why not? No influence. Like, wow, that's a hell of a change. That's a hell of a transition. I feel like that's why people are, and to go back on it, why people are so afraid of transition because they get no encouragement from the people that it matters from. But you got to be aware and ready and understand that that goes with the territory. But who's ready for that? Let's let's really honestly Listen. look into it, right? Who's ready for their family not to, you know, encourage them or just give them some support? That shit would be shocking to anybody, it, I believe. It's, it's heartbreaking. I'm sure you can get used to it, of course. But at, at the first initial shock has to be like, well, damn, this is something I feel like y'all would be proud of. Yeah, but that's why you got to put the information out there so that people understand this goes along with the territory. Right. Whenever you're going to do something great, magnificent, maybe hasn't been done before, yeah. immediately people are going to like, man, hold on. What do you think you're doing? You can't do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That goes along with the territory. Right. 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 But when you accomplish it, guess what? Everybody's like, man, I was with him all the time. You know what I'm saying? Right. I knew he could do it. Yeah. Right. But let me say this, man, because I, I want I want I want people out there to understand, especially youngsters. Right. That um, I remember when I was living in Houston, you know, and 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 I was away from there was nobody pat me in the back, nobody singing my praises. And I was in obscurity and I and I had to learn how to be content in obscurity when praise and hate me meant the same thing to me. Let me say that again. I had to learn to be content in obscurity where praise and hate meant the same thing to me. That allowed me to accomplish police accountability because it didn't matter whether somebody hated me or once somebody was singing my praises because it was the same to me. It wasn't even about them anymore. It was about the objective of me being there to help my people. And they might not even see while I'm living. It might be something that they understand or benefit from later. And that's fine with me because I just wanted to achieve it. What did we do? We passed Initiative 940. I made Washington be the first and only state with a police accountability law. Now, this is unheard of from a man coming from my background. You know, the sad thing is, is that none of our platforms ever came and interviewed me. The Breakfast Club never said anything. No, none of our supposed major black platforms ever came in and said anything. But you know who came? White folks' platforms. The New Yorker came. Mm. Right. 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 Uh, Seattle Times came. Fox News, where I was on Hannity twice. The president of the United States, Trump, they came because they understood the amount of brilliance it had to take for me to have accomplished that. And it hasn't been done in the world. I mean, in the country before. But why did our people not come? Because I wasn't entertaining. Because what happened and what I was able to do wasn't urban mm. because it was on a systems level. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we got to do better because right now we're losing because we have elevated entertainment bigger than anything in our culture. Anything. All the way from sports to acting to you Entertainment name it. is number one. And yeah. we ain't mad about our, our brothers and sisters having, mo having money. Right. Bless them. But we can't allow entertainment to be the most important thing to us. Let me tell you, other cultures, let me tell you, uh, they have billionaires because they have done something with technology and, and built corporations so they can afford for some of their people to be in entertainment because that's not the driving force of their culture. Their young people ain't growing up saying, I want to be in entertainment. They want to be like these billionaires, you know what I'm saying, yeah. that have created and produced something. 
But we only have entertainment. And like I said, I'm not mad at none of us. Yeah. But that's where we at right now. And that's problematic as we try to move forward. It's hard to do that, man. Yeah. Because we don't value information and knowledge. We'll go around a corner for a mixtape. We'll have hundreds of hundreds of people lined up for a mixtape. But when it comes to a book that has some knowledge and some information that can empower us and help us overcome our greatest enemy, which is white supremacy, there won't be five people in line. That's sick, what I'm trying to make that's the sick, example. Man. You see what I'm saying? I see exactly where you at with it. That's that sick, that no black platforms came and said anything. And I'm not hating. I'm not mad. It's cool. I'm just pointing it out. The obvious. The obvious, right? And we got to do better, man. Yeah. We got to do better, right? Right. Because like I said, it's all about receipts to me. What is the receipts? We have a lot of people talking, saying some powerful stuff in our community. You can bring your words to the table, but I'm going to bring my work. I'm going to bring my receipts to the table. And all of that talking is good, but it's not good enough. If, because when I be asking people, Sharp, this is what I say to our, our brothers and sisters. Has your philosophy changed your community? Has it changed your city? Has it changed your state? Well, why are you out here trying to sell your philosophy to our people? when you haven't impacted your own community with it. So when I'm talking, I'm bringing the receipts. This is what my information has been able to provide. Here are the receipts. Because I love our people enough to give them something solid and not just trying to sell them on pretty talk. Right. And I do talk good. But I got, <laughs> <laughs> right, but I got these receipts, Sharp. Yeah. You feel me, man? I feel it, man. Yeah, man. I feel it. Please believe. How long have you been, how long have you been an activist or a street czar? How long have you been I've been, with that? listen, my brother got killed by the Seattle police 2016. My brother's name is Shay Taylor. My little brother. He had did 22 years. He got out 16 months after they executed my brother. Video, they got the video of it and everything. That broke my heart. That's my little brother. You know, that's like my son to me. It was the apple of my eye. And they killed my brother. Mm-hmm. And I say, everybody got to pay. You killed my little brother? Everybody got to pay. So I left LA and went up to Seattle, Washington. And I put together. You moved there just for that. We're just, back. just for that. I put together a campaign. And you know how I won, Sharp? This is how I won, because I went to the Latino community. I went to the Native community. I went to the Asian Pacific Islanders, right? I went to all communities, and I said, listen, they can beat us by ourselves individually, but they can't beat all of us together. Stand with me. They didn't care about my background or nothing because I had the strategy. And then I took families from each one of those communities, man. And I put their voices at the forefront of the movement. So they seen white families, they seen black families, Asian families, native families, Samoans. uh, uh, All these families were talking about the same thing that we've been talking about. And I told all these families, even white families, you're not exempt. Because in Washington, we had the worst law in the nation. In Washington, we had a law that said 
In order for us to hold a police officer accountable, we had to prove that this, that the police officer had malice. I was like, what's malice? They said, you got to prove what he was thinking at the time of the shooting. I said, that's impossible. Yeah, that's why 35 years, not one officer in Washington state has ever been brought up and convicted of a, of a shooting in Washington state. So I changed the whole language of the law. I went and got attorneys and I changed the whole language of the law and built a movement from all these different communities, man, and made the police submit. And everybody from the governor on down submitted to the initiative. Everybody. Because I said, you can't beat everybody. And we won. And we even had the police come and be a part of it. Even the police. The FOP is known for being one of the biggest right-wing leaning police organizations in the country. Even they came. And I built relationships and showed them how to make this work with community. And today, I'm gonna to say it again, Washington state is the only state with a police accountability law. We passed that in 2018. So other cities have called me, can you help us? Can you give us the blueprint, right? I can't give you the blueprint, but if you really want some help, I could do it. But the energy and the work that it's gonna require it's going to require some ends because it took $6 million to do what we did in Washington state. And I didn't have that kind of money. Right. But when you build an organization, right. And you build a movement and you build a campaign, you start learning. One of the things you learn is building power. It is a typical language when you're running a campaign, knowing how to build power. That's not something that we talk about in our communities. Right. Building power. That's what I did when I brought all them communities together. I built power. So I didn't go in asking for nothing. I went in demanding because I had the power. And I said earlier that this country is an empire like any other empire that have existed. And people wonder, how did you how did you win? Because I dealt with them as an empire. And I know what empires respect. They respect power. They don't respect. Why are you doing this to us? I tell our people, they got into the damn position they in by doing it to us. <laughs> Are you serious? You're going to ask an empire, why you keep doing this? And they got in the position by doing it. You can't beat them by crying. You got to beat them by building power and they respect you. And that's what I did. I built power. I beat them. I submit them. I beat them at their own game. And today, they salute and respect me. Because they know I did something because I know how they think. I know how they move. I studied them. I studied them. And they know I know. But they're not worried as long as our people are just focused on entertainment and not focused on the information I can share with the receipts. As long as they ain't focused on that, they cool. Well, people feel, and from what I've seen, people feel like information isn't spendable can't go to the mall and spend information you, you know Talk what I'm about saying? It, like, that that's really the what the problem is people want what they can get their hands on they feel like fuck what's gonna help me in the future in the long run that can set me for a nice life mm -hmm. it's no can i spend it can i drink it mm -hmm. can i smoke it 
Can I can I fuck it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, they, if they can't do none of them type of things, they people don't want it, man. Man, that's you know what I'm saying. It, it's crazy. Information is the lowest thing on the market for sale. That's good. That's good game there. That's you know good. what I'm saying? And preachers would say that's preachable, sharp. That's you, preachable. You know what I'm saying? Like if you really think about it, man. Like don't nobody want information that's not helping them today that's not helping them smoke a joint or go get go to the club and pop bottles it's mm. not helping them if they can't spend it they don't want it they've been lied to though it is helping it's helping you now it's helping your future it's helping your people it's helping your community that's why that saying knowledge is power why do they always think that uh question for you man why do they always think that you know People that's came from the lifestyle, whether it's pimping or hoeing, <clears throat> are ignorant people or we're, you know, less than. You know, just uh, how they treat us. We're not supposed to have information. We're not supposed to know how to speak. We're supposed to be staying in hotel rooms, mm -hmm. checking a couple, you know what I'm saying, pretty much hoe hustling, getting a couple couple hundred dollars for the day just to pay the room and maybe get a sack. You know? It, the scripture said we, those are the ones that he's choosing. Do, do you know how? Humbling it was for law enforcement and all these powerful people to have to submit to me, a man that was born from a prostitute and a pimp. But that was God's doing. That's how God operates. He'll take somebody that the world considers a nobody and should never been able to accomplish nothing because your background, because your mama was a hoe, because your daddy was a pimp. This man we should never have to worry about. That's the very person the most high of use just to humble them. Just to humble them, just to show them you don't own knowledge and you don't own information. I'm going to impute knowledge and information in this one or two or ten that you consider a nobody. And I'm going to show you that I'm still the most high on the earth. That's what he did. Because they still bewildered right now. How did that man do that? With smoke and mirrors, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question. What do you remember when you came in the game? What do you remember about the first chick like you connected with? The the first, I'm going to tell you the God honest truth, man. This is when I, I was in Seattle and I seen these two girls, right? Mm. We were driving and me and my brother, we were in the car driving down what place called Pack Highway. And I seen these two girls in the car. They were coming this way. We we're going this way. And I was like, pull it over. So it was the like AM PM, <laughs> right? And we pulled over and we start getting at the little broads and stuff. And, uh, you know, I said, "Won't you guys come on by, come on by the house, right?" And they said, "We're Jehovah Witnesses," and and yada yada yada, right? Mm. And, and they can, we gonna go do our whatever they their Jehovah Witness thing in our community, so they can come by. Mm. So sure enough, one of the girls came, they came by and stuff. And man, I wasn't in the game, but them broad said, "We're looking for a pimp." This is a true story. Are you a pimp? I wasn't. I was like, "Yeah, I'm a pimp." <laughs> <laughs> It's a true story, man. Rod turned me out, man. So you got so you got moved by a Jehovah Witness. Hey, this is a true out. story, man. <laughs> she said, We're looking for a pimp. Are you a pimp? I was like, uh, yeah, I'm a pimp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that's a true story, man. And every time it's a true story, man. I probably wouldn't, I don't know if I would ever gotten to the game. But she if was it wasn't for some Jehovah Witness some chicks Jehovah that Witness chick that was doing they Jehovah Witnessing whatever, and they said, we're going to come to your area. We're going to tell our people that we're going to go in this area. And they was able to come to the area to my house. Wow. Hey, it was a beautiful thing, man. That's Listen, I'm not mad at the game, man. <laughs> sure, I'm not mad. Let me tell you guys, man. I had a 
wonderful time. The good, the bad, the indifference, right? Mm-hmm. And if I wasn't 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 a man given to change and growth, right? Maybe I could have still been there. But pe- like I said, let me go back. Somebody say, why you leave the game? Because I conquered it. I conquered it. Got all you was gonna get. And I'm not a coward. Once yeah. I conquer something, I'm not going back to it. I conquered that man. Yeah. So it was time to find something else to conquer. Police accountability, all that, I conquered it. I conquered it. I got the receipts, just like in the game. People know. So now I'm in doing music, right? That's live. How's that been for you? I I love it, man, because listen, man, I was doing music back in uh, 96, back in in the Bay and stuff. But Mm -hmm. in American Pimp, they, they alluded to the fact that I had some CDs and stuff you know, when they came into my house and all that stuff. So yeah. just coming full circle, being able to, there's something about music that allows you a release like nothing else. Yeah. And there's just some shit inside of me I needed to say. I needed to get that shit out, man. I needed to be honest. My father wrote the all-American novel called The Mitt Man. And he told me, whenever you are doing anything and you are saying I about something, yeah. you got to be honest. So when I, the book, this music is like my book. It's like a mob boy coming home, writing a book and becomes a movie. This music is my book. I'm able to express the way I felt when I was in the game, how I thought when I was in the game, what I did, how I moved. I'm able to put that in my music, man. And I'm able to get all that shit out. And I needed a vehicle. I needed something that I could be passionate about. Right. And that's what Many Shades of Dre is. It is an expression of some real shit that I lived, man, that I passionately lived, that I believed in, and it's a vehicle for me to release it. Now, after the music, I'm under something else. But right now, I'm focused on this music. And I got about, what, six videos that I released? Four or five of them has been on BET. And it's been wonderful. I got my son, Cashanova KP, released his first video. You know, I even got Wifey, released uh, three videos. This is a family affair. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of family affair, man, you know, I want to, before we get out of here, I want to give some t- couple minutes, man, to K-Red, to Kenny Red, man, and send my condolences, man. You know, because that was our people, man, you know, and... You know, it was a tragedy that just happened. You know, it was just it. Uh, man, I couldn't. I couldn't even tell. You, I couldn't even think. Man, I can't even think now about it, man. But I'll tell you, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss him dearly, man. Last time I saw him, man, we was just in San Diego. We drove back, man. Me, him, Silky, your son, you know, and his son, man. We drove back, stopped, grabbed us something to eat, man. Chopped it, you know, because I've been good. Been good friends with him, man, for a for a long time. He always been a good brother, and I feel like we uh we 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 that's a that put a huge dent in the game. Like it put a it's, it's a that's a gap that's that's missing, you know. And I'm a, I'm gonna miss him dearly, man. You know, man, I, man, I love Red, man. Me and Red go back, man, so far, man. Just many of you know, Kenny Red was also an American pimp. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, we filmed him in, in, in D.C. and he was just so wonderful, man. Just <laughs> this comedic relief and just 
the way he talks and he was a beautiful, beautiful spirit, man. And, and, and it is the end of an era. His passing, his transitioning is the end of an era, man. You know, I always say, the Bible say that um, he that has friends must show himself friendly. And Red had so many friends that loved him from around the world, man. I can't even imagine what, what the funeral is going to be like, man. He was so loved, so endearing. I love him, you know, and hopefully they let his son get out of jail. One of his sons, he has... All of his kids, let me just say, all of his kids graduated high school. Me and Ray yeah. used to talk, and he yeah, said, man, too. yeah, they don't think that, you know, people that come out the game care about their kids and all that, man. Yeah. And I said, man, it don't matter what they think. I'm proud of you, man. Every one of them kids graduated and some gone to college, and, you know, he did a good job, man. And I love him, man. And, uh, you know, reach out to his family, his kids. You guys stay strong. Uh, one of his youngest sons just went to college, you know, and I told Red, have him call me, man, and I got a couple of dollars for him, man. I want to support him. I want to let him know that you got people rooting for him, man, or from around this country, man. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, I love Red, man, and we're going to miss him, Sharp, man. We're going to miss yeah. him, man. He'll never be replaced. Man. He'll empty, never man. be replaced, man. He was really a concrete general. Man. We're going to go on that note, man. you know, but – uh. I want everybody to know, man, love your people, man, because you never know when they're going to go. I woke up to that shit, man, and it it uh fucked my whole day up, man. Like, mm -hmm. it ain't never going to be the same without K-Red. And K-Red, we love you, baby. We love you, Red, man. Let me let me shout out how they can get in contact with me. Yeah. At Real Gorgeous Dre, my Instagram. Uh, my YouTube is uh, and uh, Andre Gorgeous Dre Taylor. Y'all come hit me up, follow me, see some of the things that we're doing, all the work we're doing. I want to appreciate Sharp. I'm so proud of you, man. Thank you, man. You, as a, as as you could see, you have taken the game, yeah. the bigness of the game, and yeah. you're continu continually utilizing it. Look at what you're doing for us. Look look at how you leaving legacy, letting brothers know what you can do. You're doing an awesome job, man. I'm so proud of you, man. You're I so vast you. in what you're doing, man. You're being able to show your brilliance and your intelligence, and we love you, man. Sharp, we love you, man. Hey, man. I love you too, man. I love you, man. For real. You hear me? We're going to catch up again soon. We're going to go talk in the next room, man. Yeah. I'm going to get us up out of here. The Sharp Tank. No jumper. Sharpest, coolest podcast in the world. We love you, Kenny Red. See you soon. Raleigh, you know what to do. <laughs>